Hello and welcome to Outcast Collective Podcast. We uh, sat down last week and had a really long and good discussion, and we are picking up where we left off, where we were talking about the future of TV, and it flowed really well into the future of DC and its comics. So I'm just going to let us get right into it and take it away, Pastor Rob. News. I just heard this today, and I just thought of it. Um, Greg Berlanti has officially been signed on to direct Booster Gold. Yeah, I saw that too. Right. And so as long as uh, his buddy... Um, uh, what's Kre- his name? Kreisberg? Kreisberg. Goes with him, that's going to be a great fucking movie. Mm-hmm. You put them in the DC universe, as far as cinematic goes... Who do you cast as Booster Gold? I don't even know what you guys are talking about, so this is all you. Bo- Booster Gold is, is a ridiculous character. That he is an amazing superhero... But even Batman won't even give him credit for saving the world. That, that's who Booster Gold is. But he's hilarious. Is that kind of like Deadpool-y? Uh, not not crude, crude Deadpool, but, but like... Like an airheaded hero or what? Yeah, no. he's, he's just he's, he's cocky. He's full of them fucking stuff. Yeah, he's really cocky. He talks wow. a bunch of Egotistical. shit. Egotistical. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Worse Honest, than Tony Stark? But... He, Yes. He, he yeah, he was really similar to like Tony in a way, like in that yeah, he he talks smack. It's all ego driven for him. Yeah. Okay. You know, he likes the fame. Yeah. Yeah, where Tony like kind of plays into it and he's just kind of like the sarcastic ass where Booster Gold is all like, I'm the greatest thing ever. And he'll even like tell stories of superheroing events that he didn't even do. Like fish stories. This yeah. is this the big is perfect. Fish story. Here. This is perfect. Did you ever see um, Captain or, or Doctor Horrible's sing along blog? No. Oh damn it! Well, see, that's what I was gonna say. Yes, yeah. Neil Patrick Harris might be I've my guy. I've never seen that. My guy is actually Nathan Fillion, and I've heard that. Which is he's already expressed want to play Booster Gold. Yeah. Um, he's already voiced Booster Gold before. He has voiced Booster Gold. And. He played Captain Hammer in Dr. Horrible's sing-along blog, right. who essentially was Booster Gold. Like, he just, the, the swagger, the cockiness, he was Booster Gold. Oh, Why didn't you ever he, tell me about that movie? We it, just found out about it today. No, that movie. That you're Dr. Horrible's Dr. Sing-along Horrible? blog? Oh, yeah. It's been around for a while. It's, oh. it, it's a mean? Joss oh. Whedon, like, he, he just... That it is like a little web series. Yeah. Neil Patrick Harris um, was in it. He does some singing and stuff. Yeah. And it's really good. Oh, Felicia Day is in and, it. And that's why I argue for Neil Patrick Harris because his right. Barney character is in a way a booster goal. Well, right. My my thing is is like I I feel like anytime they get fans involved, great things happen. Look at Ben Affleck being involved with Batman. Great things happen. At least yeah. his parts of the movie were awesome. Um, you know, uh, uh, Kevin Smith directing The Flash. He was, you know, a huge fan. That episode's awesome. I can tell you right now, it's such a good episode. Good. Yeah, and good, all good, the, good, all good. the actors just delivered so well. I bet. You know, um, then you get you know I, people that are passionate. I just it, love how humbled yeah. Kevin is. Right, you he get people that are he's passionate. Like nothing, and he's amazing. Yeah. Right, <laughs> you get people that are passionate, and and 
and the best of that product comes out. Uh, Ryan Coogler directing Creed. He was a huge yeah. Rocky fan. Well, Tim Miller and Ryan Reynolds were doing Deadpool. Exactly. They gave a fuck about it. Exactly. So if we get people that are fans involved, I when people know. ask Nathan sense. Fillion, what character would you want to play? He didn't name off something that everybody would know hoping yeah. to plead please the crowd no he named off a character that he liked <laughs> yeah. he said yeah. i want to play booster gold that makes sense then and yeah. so let him play booster gold and then you can do an awesome fun thing because alan tudyk has said that he wants to play blue beetle yeah blue beetle and booster gold do crossovers constantly yeah. in the comic books let it happen those two on screen is they're always yeah. a blast even when they're just interviewing, the, and and like when they're on Fat Man on Batman together, yeah, uh, plugging Con awesome. Man. Oh my God, they were great. There. So is there a talk about it? Not yet. But Not there yet. Should but be. As, as, as soon as you put Berlanti and Kreisberg on Booster Gold, I guarantee they are talking to Nathan Fillion. You should email that shit to Collider and Collider get that voice out. But I, I think Nathan Fillion is a great choice. I, I'm I'm a big fan for Neil Patrick Harris as well. But if you get Nathan Fillion and Tudyk to do the two combo, and you're gonna put Be- Blue Beetle in there, which Blue Beetle is an awesome character as it mm-hmm. is. I mean, hit, my favorite arc for him was actually Young Justice League. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've true. seen him in the comics before, and I've seen him in a couple other places. Um, but Young Justice League was a great rendition, which wouldn't be the true Blue Beetle. It was the um, uh, one who uh, acquires the armor afterwards or whatever, but mm-hmm. but no, it, it's a good and awesome mm-hmm. you know situation what? for that. Oh, sure. So, but I, I am a hundred percent excited for Berlanti taking that over because he is killing it in, in in you know in Berlanti land. All four of those shows are fucking amazing. Right. I, I'm a little burnt out on Arrow to be honest. It's the same thing over again. Donnie Dark or Donnie Dark. Damien Damien. Dark is kind of a cool change because he's got superpowers, Mm -hmm. but they're kind of doing the same thing with the Arrow character, and they're just not, they're not giving... Do you think uh, maybe Arrow's run its course? Unfortunately, I think so. Unless unless you do something really drastic where, like, maybe you bring in, you bring back Deathstroke somehow, and you let him be, like... Like a, a season long ba- big bad or something like that like honestly it probably needs a season the, the only, it needs a season long big bad I think see honestly what I think they need to do is is stre- is, is stop the um individual shows for a season yeah let's let's stop arrow let's stop flash let's stop supergirl and even maybe take some of the well, probably let Legends of Tomorrow let them do their thing. But let's stop Arrow, Flash, and Supergirl, and maybe create a small Justice League. Right. Because prime time heroes. What? Prime time heroes. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> if you create a small version of the Justice League and you bring in a couple new characters, maybe bring in a fucking Nightwing, or um, or or or. Um, uh, Blue Beetle would be really hard cinematically because you're constantly doing CGI. That's the hard right. part. Um, but find a couple of characters and, and do a season arc where it's just them 
because Arrow is is kind of run its course to me as a as a story arc. So mm-hmm. what are you going to do again? What are you going to create? What version are you going to kill Felicity now? Or are you going to kill Diggle? Or are you gonna... Right. Well, it's it's, yeah, it's how how many times can you threaten the death of these characters before it's just boring? Right. And the same with Flash. So so why don't we change it up? Let's mix the fuck up, and, and let's do different shows. So, you know, let let's let's change it up to where it's a whole season now of of them teamed up. Yeah, yeah. I wish they would be more open boxed and creative. Right. Well, I hope, I hope over time, this yeah. whole world that we're talking about can change and be more open minded and more creative. Right. Because we're there's so many people out there that don't want change. These are my characters. This is what happens in the comic book. This is what I want to happen. No. Right. Mm. Come on, just open your mind. Right. This is how characters grow, how they keep living on for years and years and years because we keep recreating amazing new things every once in a while. So I think that's a very good point of talking about how creative differences should be allowed and that the DC universe should not be a hundred percent a copy of what Marvel is doing. That that just makes sense because I don't want the same fucking thing repeated. Otherwise, you will literally have superhero fatigue. I don't want that. Then I don't think Civil War did that. I think we got a great movie, and I'm excited for more. So I wasn't fatigued. Maybe others were. We'll see. I don't know. But the one of the other big topics that we have that we're working with right now is Ben Affleck has been not only given his freedom with a Batman movie, not only just as director, but he's executive producing his own movie, but now he's executive producing Justice League. Honestly, I think this may or may not be a bad thing and it can go both ways I think it potentially will see significant changes as time goes on this movie may represent a little bit more BVS but we'll see but here's a quote from Ben Affleck concerning the DC comics DC universe Ben Affleck says DC comics is more mythic it is more grand in that way it is a little more realistic just by their nature these films can't be as funny or as quick or as glib as marvel movies right Mm -hmm. and then if you further on in the conversation he talks about marvel movies set this tone and they're they're a little bit more lighter and that dc is darker and we're embracing that and the Warner Brothers exact is also doing it just as well. I am personally on the side that I don't mind a darker, grittier, maybe even a, a more heavy movie or, or universe in general. Because they're even talking like Wonder Woman is going to be that way. Aquaman's going to be that way. And when Justice League comes out, it's going to be that way. My right. ultimate concern is that Zack Snyder is supposed to be directing Justice League 1 
and now Ben Affleck is being placed over top of him and he's supposed to be acting in it and he's going to be the main role because Batman v Superman leads us into believing that Batman is going to bring the Justice League together. Even Snyder said that. Yeah. Is that he, moving forward, Batman is going to be the guy that hunts down and grabs everybody and gets them to team up. Um, yeah, it... I Honestly, I, I think... I think it's a little weird. Like, it, it... It's unprecedented that it's such a big deal. Mm-hmm. I agree. There, there's never been any other movie where naming somebody as an executive producer has drawn this much attention. Like, holy shit. Like, that's proof right there that right. your fan base is pissed and not happy with what Zack Snyder's doing. If just simply giving Affleck a, a executive producer promotion is this big of a deal then you done fucked up. Um, I think by announcing it and making it this public, they have lost confidence in Zack Snyder. If Zack Snyder is at all an intelligent person, he needs to be worried about his job right now. I think he should collaborate and not bang heads with well, see, Yeah, exactly. And I think that is an amazing point because if you take Man of Steel, Man of Steel is a great movie. I enjoyed it. I didn't have any gripes about it. I thought it was fine. Mm-hmm. Superman was Superman, and he gave me a Superman that I enjoyed. Yeah, I enjoyed the fight. I didn't mind that he tore up Manhattan. I, I or Manhattan mm-hmm. uh, Metropolis. I understood it. This is his first fight against something significant. It makes sense. <clears throat> but executive producer slash writer was Christopher Nolan. Yeah. So Zack Snyder got to work with a brilliant mind. Let's take Batman v Superman, for example. Who did he get to work with? Well, the writer on it was Chris Terrio, who is writing in Justice League. The The thing is, I don't think Zack Snyder had people around him for Batman v Superman that would tell him no. Yeah. Just like George Lucas. And I think Ben is pretty cocky enough yeah. to say, wait a minute. No. The problem is, I hear that Batman v Superman has a four hour cut it's ridiculous Hollywood standard I have the book it's right here trying to learn how to write screenplays myself Mm -hmm. Hollywood standard says you write a two hour movie at the max yeah not a four hour movie if you're writing a four hour movie half your movie is going to be cut out right Yeah. so the question is why are you writing four hour movies new writers please yeah that, that's the big thing. It's whose fault is this? So there's not a lot of dialogue in Batman v Superman. If you honestly take the dialogue as it is, that might be an hour and a half movie. Mm-hmm. But yet it's a two and a half hour movie. So whose fault is Batman v Superman? Obviously, it's not a horrible, horrible movie. I, I watched it. it. I enjoyed it. But as I pulled away from it... As I pulled away from it, it, it became less and less a good movie for me. Mm-hmm. Janelle, you love the movie. I love the movie. I'm not, I'm not negative about it, but I'm a dark person. So, and I look at Superman, yes, everybody's like, oh, he needs, he's not as dark, you know, he's all about hope, and, well, you know what, people get upset. People get depressed. You know, the world 
mm-hmm. is mad at him right now. They're trying to, you know, get out of here. He's going to be hurt. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, and then everybody's mm-hmm. getting upset that he's just not this uppity character that's always got hope and trying to, you know, bring the hope into the situation. And I'm just going, this is just a dark moment in his life. And right. you get to see it. Mm-hmm. And that's right. my creative side of seeing things and my emotional side of seeing things and making you, he is half human. Right. Isn't he? Well, no. He's, he's something human. He's no. Well, other than nothing? he was born and raised so as, a raised human. as a human. Yeah, so. he, he only learned his powers as he started getting them. If you right. take Smallville for so his arms and origin. He's raised emotionally Yeah, by us. he's raised by the Kents. And so, yeah, he you is know. very human. And I'm okay with that. My problem with Batman v Superman is when he retreats to the mountains and he disappears. Right. And if I call that take, like a Zen moment. but well, and I, and I understand a Zen moment, but for Superman to ex- leave his city in such a pivotal moment... Where he could be saving the bank, you know, stopping the bank robber here or saving this moment here, which we didn't get, which I would have loved. If he would have pulled a cat out of a fucking tree, that would have been, that would have just been a moment of humanity. Instead of him randomly doing this or doing that. And that's the problem is the, the movie, I guarantee that four hour long movie is fucking. Fantastic. Probably. I think it's the. It probably might even be the best fucking super I wish movie they would we ever. Wow, four-hour movies. Right. Right. Well, that's. I don't even understand why you would get to the point where you create a four-hour movie and then follow. You know, have to push it down to a two-and-a-half-hour movie. Return of the King is one of the highest-grossing movies ever. It was like three hours and twelve minutes or some shit like that. Right. When it was in theaters, that's not even the extended cut. Right. The extended cut is like four hours, you know, and it's an insanely awesome movie. Mm-hmm. You know. The anxiety of defeating the ring and destroying it, you could have created that if you really wanted to jam Doomsday Story in there. You didn't need it. And so that's the question is whose fault is BV Superman? Because even though Janelle or yeah. the average moviegoer, she didn't read the comics. No. She, she doesn't know all the stories. She hasn't watched game. all the animation movies. She knows what I have told her as far as comics go. And what I've seen. And right. Yeah. But she enjoyed the Red. movie. She she cried during the movie. She loved I the movie. I cried when yeah. Batman t- or Superman died. Yeah. <laughs> she, she understood the emotion behind it all. But that's, I connect to anything emotionally. So as long as it's emotional, I probably will like it. So. Right. And, and so there is a version of this movie hitting people where it matters. But the box office... And the fact that I didn't want to go see it a second time says something. Civil War, I, I want to go see it again. Deadpool, mm-hmm. I wanted to see it again. Star Wars, I saw it three fucking times. I wanted to see it more, but I couldn't. You know, it was just, it was the uh, Batman, I just had no desire to see it again. The mm-hmm. farther I got away from it, the more and more I was displeased with it. And the more and more I'm, I'm knowing that there's this, this giant director's cut coming. I'm like, I just want the director's cut. Yeah. Give so me you, that. So do you think that's where like where everybody's saying that DC is just becoming too dark or is I, I not it, as lively as Marvel? Well see, I think that, that is a that is a problem. Marvel is Marvel, DC is DC. It is a hundred percent a different thing. Even in the comics they're a hundred percent different. As right. I got older, as I got more mature, the DC comics become more and more interesting. And that's where I am incredibly interested in what DC is doing. Right. The Mar the um, 
Well, as far as like the Ben Affleck quote, mm-hmm. um, I, 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 I tend to agree with the statement or maybe just understand what he's trying to say. Um, but I think that that DC being its own mood, its own darkness balances out the two universes, you know, mm-hmm. also, mm-hmm. Do, you know, does, does DC really want to be Mar- Marvel? No, no, it's no. not the point. But you, you have to have, everything has to be viable. Like that's, that's the big downfall of Fans. Batman v Superman is that mm-hmm. all their <laughs> motivations are lost. Yeah. And nobody knows what, what's the what the driving force is you know in civil war everybody had a motivation right like literally i think the only character i can i can come up with that you don't necessarily have like the best motivation for is crossbones in the beginning but he's he's part of a set piece to get the ball rolling right and even still he has the motivation of you, you know, Captain America dropped a fucking building on me and I got burned alive. Right. I'm fucking pissed and I'm like maimed and I'm never going to look normal ever again. So do, you, so do you think that Ben's going to take this Batman versus Superman learning experience and take DC to a better, a dark, still dark, but better level? He is already a really good storyteller. Oh, 100%. Yeah. He has such. See, Zack Snyder. Is great for visuals, but he can't tell the fucking story. Right. No, he for can't. Dick. Yeah. Look at Sucker Punch. Right. Well, Sucker Punch, and then even Watchmen. Yeah. There's like four different versions of Watchmen where he's not the writer, and the last version, the director's cut, is so good, and it's so much better than the fucking movie one that showed up in the theaters. Mm-hmm. Gracious, I like Sucker Punch. No, Sucker Punch is. <laughs> well. Okay, it's fun, but can you explain to me what it was about? It was it a dream? Was it a hallucination? Right. Was it her imagination? I mean, what I, the I fuck think was it? I think that's what the point is, is we're going to leave it up to you. But that, a lot of people don't like that. I, I think it was her imagination. Ultimately, if you really want to take it for what it is. It was her imagination exploding. I get what you is, 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 Here's this stressful situation. And you tend and this to is how separate from self to go somewhere else. Right. And... and <laughs> I, I enjoyed Sucker Punch. Can I watch the movie again? Probably not. Yeah. I mean, I know I've watched the movie again since I originally saw it, and I kind of like fast forward to the action scenes. Right. Yeah, you know, so because in between the action, there's nothing explaining why people are there, nothing explaining what their motivations are, yeah. what the goal is. There's just a set piece, and then some bullshit in between, and then another big set piece, yeah. and then some bullshit in between. It doesn't fucking matter. Like, the whole movie, by the end of it, you're like, uh, this didn't give me shit. Like, it just impressed me. But that's about it. And, you know, Affleck is a storyteller. Yeah. He can... He takes... He takes stories that you wouldn't necessarily go like, oh, fuck yeah, I want to make a movie about that. Right. And then he makes a movie and you're like, shit. I'm, that was really fucking good. I'm just glad that they... The, the fans or weren't fans no, are now fans didn't hold his daredevil role against him too much too far into oh, his well, career because I know everybody hated it they did and, like, they, <laughs> like, and they held it against Ben when it wasn't Ben it was the writers and, right. and, yeah. so, and so 
I think Ben got a lot of slack for that. Right. And so he had to like literally pull himself up and out and be to be able to be where he is right now. Right. And and when they announced him as Batman, I was one of the naysayers. I was, I was like, too. No. I was like, wait a minute. What? No, I was on board 100%. I was beginning. scared because of Daredevil. No, I, I knew he would do it. it just, I Daredevil didn't matter to me because yeah. I understood how the Daredevil played out. And to me, the biggest thing is I saw Affleck as Bruce Wayne. Just as I saw Robert Downey Jr. as Tony Stark. And I went, yeah, I think that makes sense. And so, to me, Ben Affleck was immediate. I went, yeah, no, that's fine. That, that'll that work. He's got the physique. He's got the build. He's got the jaw that makes Batman Batman. Got the cocky attitude. Yeah, exactly. And and that's and that's the thing is, is, is he's a fan of Batman. And he was a decent fan of Daredevil, but I, he is a fan of Batman. Yeah, we got Kevin He's got a fucking about- Batcave that he built in his house. He is the quintessential Batman, just as Robert Downey Jr. is the quintessential Tony Stark, yeah, Iron Man. Kevin's missing that, you know, when Ben was younger, he'd lay on his yeah on the living room floor. Yeah, when they were Batman filming comics. when they were filming the early movies of Kevin Smith, he talked about how he introduced Ben Affleck to Batman, mm-hmm. and Ben Affleck would be sitting on this floor reading Dark Knight Returns. I mean, come on. Yeah, it, it is. It is it, to me, Ben Affleck was Batman. From the beginning, and I and I hear I've like heard, you said, like the fans making things. Ben right. Affleck is a, exactly is and, a fan making, and I didn't exactly. know that. I didn't know that when they first announced it. For right. me, it was like I like the instant. The, my reaction was, I started thinking of Affleck from like Dogma or or chasing Amy, you because know, really like younger much. Affleck right. where I was like, well shit, like he's he's kind of got that like crackly, whiny voice like right, fuck, he's going to sound like much a, from him. Well, see, right. I, I just I like thought of Argo. But then that's what ended up changing my mind yeah. was after the announcement and everything, I eventually saw Argo and I was like whoa. I think he has he's <laughs> not like one for always being in the movies. I think his Talent's probably going to be writing, and yeah. and, and, and I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if some were done. Yeah, I'm sorry. Eventually. Yeah, being, no, I was going to say being be, one of the big directors that were you know. Yeah, that exactly. We about, oh, he know, already is. Out. I mean, he already has an, uh, nominations in the Academy Awards. So yeah, right. Boom. You know. Yeah, that's just the beginning, though. I, I think he'll continue. Oh, if for sure. If he stays back here and does all this amazing writing and producing and stuff, and they do a little bit of acting at the same time, but. I think his heart is in the back, in that in that producing and writing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if you eventually find out that he is the head, the one that did everything for Goodwill Hunting. Because, the, the, you know, mm-hmm. Matt Damon hasn't written anything since. He hasn't produced or directed anything since. I mean, well, I shouldn't say that. He's produced stuff. He's, he's on the born producing side of things. But I don't think he's on the same side of producing as Ben Affleck is. I am yeah. going to almost guarantee that Goodwill Hunting was majority Ben. Well, it's funny because like up until you know now, it everybody always assumed that most of it was Matt because he See, seemed I did he too. seemed he seemed all you know the like the intellectual one. Yes. And Affleck always had the cocky. Yeah, you he's know, al- he's almost this retarded in the background. See, that's yeah. what I yeah. always thought that it was Matt. And then you right. read all these other things that's going on. You know, I read articles and stuff. Then you're like, wait a minute. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. And now you can look at how where he is now and go back and say, yeah, I bet. I mm-hmm. bet. Yeah, because you look at IMDb, Matt's written like two or three things that he's got credit for. Gone Baby Gone is like Ben Affleck's first thing he did since he decided he was going to be more than an actor. Mm-hmm. Everything since then has just been killer. I loved Argo. I mean, I just thought of it now as as I was mentioning it, feeling that that was such a good fucking movie. I think Matt was just more outward personality, so you assumed that he was the right. brain. Yeah. Well, and then and at the time, Affleck kept getting cast as the you know the jock, the yeah. the douchebag, yeah, the douchebag. You know, so like that was our perception of him, right. our public perception. Yeah. Right, mm-hmm. but. Yeah. Clearly, there's something else going on. Like, like he he, and you can tell as a as a creative person, as a writer and a director and producer, when when Batman v Superman was, you know, just lambasted and and torn apart. When it, he was sitting there in that interview. Oh my god. It hit him so hard. That I mean it, it was me funny. It oh. was funny, but at the same time I was like, You fucking assholes. He <laughs> walks into a room to sit with you. He takes his time out to sit an yeah, interview with you wheels. and you're gonna start throwing negative press at him. Yeah. What the hell? Yeah. I'd be I would have walked out personally. I would have yeah. walked out of that nice interview. Class, that though. interview, I would have walked out. Well, and I think it, it was rude. I think he yeah. did. I think he did the best that he could because the the cool thing was was Henry Cavill even tried to help that interview along. <laughs> yeah, and he tried to stand up, and he was like, "Yeah, you know what? The critics matter to a point, but it's ultimately going to be the fans." And the yeah. problem was, is a week later, the fans got to see the movie, and they didn't agree. I just wanted to hug him. Well, that, I, that's <laughs> I did. I just want to be come here, right? Well, and that's even afterwards. Henry Cavill has tweeted and, and thrown out there, going, "Hey, I'm glad for the support. Thank you for telling me this or telling me that about him being Superman. He is an awesome Superman. He really is. It was just the writing. That's all. That's what that's what fans need to understand. Yeah. It's not the actor. There's you can tell when it's bad acting yeah. or if it's bad writing. Mm. You know what I mean? Right. So don't hold things against actors. That's and that's one thing I've learned over time and as growing in my own creativity is mm-hmm. understanding all the faucets that lead into a movie. You know, it's right. not just the actor. If, no, I mean the actor played the play the part brilliant. Yeah. But the script is shit or the writing is shit. Right. It's their fault and we hold it. Or the editing is shit. Right. Yeah, and we hold it against the actor. Exactly. And that's writing is the key, quintessential to all of this. You know, and and this is the big topic is is some of it is where do we go from here? Why, Why do we have to have Superman this way or Batman that way? Well, the only thing that we can base off of is the comics that we have read. The big thing to me is you have to support the source material. If the comics are not good, if we don't give a fuck about the comics, then we, do then we don't get the good cinematic movies. You know, Civil War is probably maybe 35% of what the comic was. Right. We didn't have the numbers, we didn't have oh, the. Oh, and how many people bitched arc. about that? 
which was dumb. How can you even consider comparing it to the comic? Right. You can't do it. There, there isn't even enough to do that. It's the same with Batman v Superman. They, if you try to compare it to Dark Knight Returns, you cannot do it. It was a different time period with a different purpose, different with Joker. a different mindset. Yeah, there, there's just multiple things that happening. You have the Joker in Dark Knight Returns. You don't have the Joker in Batman v Superman. That was one of the the big story arcs of Batman v Superman of that Dark Knight Returns timeline. You don't get it. It doesn't work. It doesn't fit. You try doing things that just doesn't work. You jam different stories in there. No. Stop it. So now we need to support the stories. What is the next thing? Who is the next writer that is going to push this? The Russo brothers are killing it, but they're not the writers. They're right. the directors. They have a visual mindset for what is going to happen. And I think fans should start looking at the writers. Oh, they yeah, have definitely. to. I mean, I mean, because that the writers are are the main core. Right. Exactly. The writers for Captain America: Civil War, for First Avenger, were the same ones as uh, um, all, all three of them were the mm-hmm. same, and they they gave us a trilogy, and it's one of the best trilogies ever. Right. It's probably four or five on my list. Right. It is so good. I love Captain America. As a comic book reader, I never actually really liked Captain America. I always thought he was kind of a pud. When he died, I didn't care. I was just like, oh, well, that sucks. He was just kind of Superman. Like he was just he was. It was it was impossible to kill him, and yeah. so there was no drama. And then when he died, it was like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. But yeah. I did. The movies gave him a personality. His exactly. Personality. Winter Soldier. I mean, I love First Avenger. But Winter mm-hmm. Soldier is literally what turned me to Captain America. Well, yeah, because he you fucking became he's, cool. He's unique. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he became his unique character yes. instead of all like all the other ones. Yeah, and I would argue that the writers did good. But I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you this. The Chris Evans gave me Captain America in a different version in a new light that I never had before. Just right. as Robert Downey Jr. did with Iron Man. He, Iron Man in comic book world was a B character. Mm-hmm. Until Robert pushed him, right? You know, I, I'm telling you, this, these actors are giving us something special. If you give them the right script, if you push them in the right direction, they're going to give us more, and that's going to be awesome because you're going to continue to build awesome stories. You know, and that's the same with with we have Doctor Strange coming with Benedict Cumberbuck. Hopefully, we got a Black Widow coming. With with more Scarlett Johansson, which she is awesome and definitely not used enough, right. you know. And and I'm hoping for, you know, multiple things just coming out of this world that aren't going to give us fatigue, but are going to be better, I like Wonder Woman. I can't wait to see what Ryan Coogler does with Black Panther. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh, it's gonna be so exactly. Cool. And and I am hoping, and I think Civil War ent- uh, hinted at it, was the fight between um, the girl from Black Panther's group. I don't know her name off the top of my head. Remember, she walked up to the limo, and yeah. she was, they hinted at it. Yeah. I think, potentially, there is a move where those two are going to go at it. Because even, even oh, Chadwick Boseman. Oh, I remember Bozeman, her. Okay. Yeah, T'Challa was all like... 
That would be a fight I'd like to she, see. That was like one 30-second scene oh with her in God. it. But it was a blip. It was, a, yeah. it was the Easter, Easter egg, egg. all the Easter eggs. <laughs> Those two fighting, oh, my God. So she's like a, like a protector of the king? Yeah, or? she's essentially a, another version of Black Widow. She's okay. trained. She can fight martial arts. Yeah. Um, she's in the comic book currently, but I think she's actually against the government. I'm not really sure how she fits into all of it. I don't know Black Panther's original storyline, so right. I, I, this is something I never pay attention to. He's a lot like Doctor Strange for me, where he show up in the Avengers, and I'd be like, "Oh, this character is really fucking cool," you know. So mm-hmm. this one, Doctor Strange, is woohoo! Oh, I, I cannot so wait excited. for that. So excited. It's going to be so different. I think it's going to be a mind fuck, which is going to be awesome. Yeah. We have covered a giant array of topics um, from Civil War to Batman to TV shows and their format. It's been a really good podcast. I thank you guys. It's been a lot of fun. So, Agreed. Santi, where on the internets can they find you? Uh, they can follow me at the Lord Biswat, uh on Twitter. Um the Lord Bizwa or Facebook.com slash the Lord Bizwa and they can subscribe to the YouTube channel youtube.com slash the Lord Bizwa and I'm hoping to get my Civil War review out within the next twenty four hours. And you can find us on all the social media outlets, Outcast Collective at Instagram and Twitter. All the links will be below. Please, whatever platform you're listening to this on, whether it's SoundCloud, YouTube or iTunes, please give us a like, a share Leave some comments, and we'd love to sit down and interact with you guys. So, again, thank you for listening. This has been an Outcast Collective podcast.